Hey everybody, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. I can't even tell you how excited I am about today because it is season two. So season one, I had 75 episodes. How that happened, I don't even know. It's a dream, um, a dream fulfilled. I'm so excited for everybody who followed me through that whole first season. It was amazing. I'm looking back and just thinking, how did that even come to fruition? I don't know. Um, I'm still Simply Healed with Heather Leonard, and I'm your host, Heather. And what this season is going to be all about is magnetizing your life's desires. I'm not going anywhere as far as the health of your mind, body, and spirit. That's still what this podcast is all about. But um, in that, I want to talk more and more about how to get you guys to where you want to be in all of those aspects. So in keeping with season two's um, energy, I am going to just entitle this first episode, Magnetizing Your Life's Desires. And as I said, that's what this whole season is going to be focused on. New music, new energy, new fun topics. I can't wait to get going, guys. Thank you so much for so many of you who have supported me when I only had a couple listeners, and now it's growing, and I'm excited, and I'm happy to have you with me for season two. Ah! All right, guys, here we go. Okay, guys, it's fair. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. (laughs) Who is this girl who wants to talk about how to get your life's desires, who is a grieving widow. I mean, I know some of you who've been following me are probably scratching your heads a little like, what the heck qualifies you to talk about how to get all of your life's desires when you had them and you lost them, right? I mean, it kind of is a valid, valid thought. So um, (laughs) it is funny because when you look at life through that lens, though, I mean, that's what you're going to get, right? Is a very small, unfulfilled life. I look at my cup as half full always, and actually I like to pour it until it runs over. My cup runneth over. No, I really do. I like to think of myself as one of the few lucky blessed who got all my life's desires, and actually at a very, very young age. And so now I'm here living life's purpose, which is different. And I mean, what the heck does that mean, right? So I feel like we're all here for a purpose. Most of us never figure out, I don't think, what that even is. It's like we just go through life, we do the things, we try to achieve whatever it is we think we should be achieving based on our upbringing and what we see around us um, and our life experiences. And that's kind of just, that's what our life is. Um, But I believe that each and every one of us was put here with purpose and special gifts, talents, um, energy. And I think that we're all part of this sort of grander, you know, I like to think of the fluid water analogy of, you know, any body of water. But if you put in the littlest of pebbles and can make a real big ripple, you can see just how every single soul on this earth could contribute in a big way just by putting a tiny little effect on this planet that we live on. So I really believe that whatever we do impacts way more than what we can see. But I also believe that if we can stop ignoring all of our amazing gifts that we were just blessed with, God-given gifts, not even the ones we develop as we get excited about things and learn, and but like the things that you're just innately good at. Like ever since I was a little girl, people have told me that I'm very empathetic. Um, I just have a way of usually seeing things through other people's lenses. 
um, and reading the energy of a room. And I'm very aware when people aren't a fan of mine, <laughs> put it that way. Like it's pretty evident. Um, so things like that actually nurture certain parts of your personality. Like I've had to learn to have real broad shoulders and not care what people think about me. You know, if you can hear my dog snoring in the background, hear that? <laughs> For those of you who don't have the acoustics turned way up, he is very loud. Um, but things like that, that like, there was a time in my life before I developed this thick skin where I let people's opinions of me really hurt me at my core. And those were some of the toughest years of my life. Once I finally realized that I don't have to be pleasing to every person in the room. I don't have to be your cup of tea. I'm okay with if nobody wants to listen to my podcast and follow me. I am, am who I am. I don't change it. I don't apologize for it. You know, I try though very hard because of, like I said, this empathetic sort of bone in my body where I can sort of sense how people feel. I, I like to try to make others comfortable. Um, and so if I can see a way in which I can bring you with me instead of making you want to go up in arms against me on something, like I tend to try to not trigger as much um, and to like be able to see it from another point of view or perspective and just have a way of trying to get people on the same page. It's funny, my husband and I both used to have this um, sort of ability, I guess, and consequently, it more often landed us on like boards and things where like we had to see both sides. People always wanted us to to speak for that. Him maybe even more so than me because as much as I can feel it, I don't always like to speak up to it. But he was the louder voice between the two of us. Now go figure. I have a podcast, right? But um, yeah, so like there was a neighborhood argument between people who were living on the lake and people who were living on the back part of our, our road loop who are non on the not on the lake and had just um, like a right of way access, right? So there was a lot of arguments over what rights did the people in the back have. Um, but we were always able to see from both points of view because this is the thing. If you can just try to put yourself in other people's shoes more often and try to see like, well, you know, okay, so if I had that, how would I feel if people were, you know, abusing it or if this was, you know what I mean? Like try to really put yourself there can make you so much kinder of a person. Uh, but I think because we were able to walk that line and never really fully committed to either side, but, but really seeing both perspectives, uh, it gave us the opportunity to be able to sort of, one, have friends in all walks of life and friends who are, um, you know, it shouldn't be that you had to choose a side and it should never be the them versus us mentality. And when you're in that sort of competitive mindset, nobody wins because I mean, yes. Yeah, so you could say, oh, well, we won this argument and now we're getting in our way, but really did you win? You know what I mean? Like I would much rather have my social circles be large and um, feel good with every person in the room instead of having some bad blood or like having said something that offended somebody and all that. Um, and I used to also think that that was just like, oh, that's the people pleaser in me and I got to get over that. I don't have to make everybody happy. But I'm starting to recognize that it's not always people pleasing sometimes. And for some people, myself included, it just feels good when people get along around you. I don't like high tension and, and bad blood and bad energy. 
it just gives my, it, it really does affect an energy. Let's just start there. So everything is composed of energy, right? And if you've ever watched a high energy, bubbly person walk in a room, it is a very, very different thing than this very serious, um, scowl-faced, um, withdrawn person who enters the room. It is also very, very different than the angry, very loud, super intense person who walks in the room. So if you can see where I'm going with this, like we all play our role, but there are certain personalities that are just going to be basically make other people's existence either, you know, well, every person's, let me just back up a second. Every person's energy is affecting every other person's energy field. So what ends up happening is if you get somebody who is, I mean, I know people, it's like overused, right? High vibe, a high vibe person enters the room, but this is very true. If a person who has really good high vibrational energy enters a room, it positively affects the entire room. Now, if you have somebody who is whiny, upset, complainy, has something to say about everybody, gossipy, whatever, and they enter the room, that also has an effect and not the desired effect that most of us want, nor do we want to be that person who's bringing that energy to a room. So I don't think it's people pleasing to want to bring a good energy. It is people pleasing, though, to care about what people think about it. So in other words, when I get the criticism from some people like, oh, why is she happy all the time? She shouldn't be happy. She just had this big loss. It's fake. I mean, I don't actually have people saying that to me, which is nice, but I can read it sometimes. There's some people who are kind of cautious and hesitant around my high energy. Like it doesn't make sense and add up. Like, am I just some cold person who's not really feeling the loss? Or am I just pasting on a smile and pretending to be this way? I'm sure that's what's in, in people's minds. I can feel that energy. And it's not often that I encounter it because most people take the moment to get to know me and understand my story and why I am this way. But I didn't start this way. Let me just, I'm just going to say that real quick for those of you listening. Um, This is work. And I think being in a good energetic state is work because you have to pay attention to where you are for the majority of your day. And so most of us are going through the motions and we're not really thinking about how we're feeling. And that's really interesting. So I had to do the work on like, where am I at right now? And I was probably like after the loss of my husband, like 99% of my day was like misery. And so when I say I hit bottom, I mean, my misery was like, not only was it contagious to those around me, I was like dangerous to be around. I, I literally would excuse myself from things. I did not go to the weddings I was invited to. I tried to keep far and fast distance from everybody I loved for a while because I felt like I was a disease. I felt like it was contagious to be around me. Everything I touched turned to crap. It felt that way. And I think in some level it was that way because when you are a big ball of negative energy there's nothing that can be attracted to that except for more negative things so I mean you could argue chicken or the egg I guess like were these people that were attracted even wanting to spend time with me were they negative because they were even wanting to be around me and they were coming towards me I don't think so I mean I think they were just trying to be super supportive and despite the feeling they got when they were around me. But, um, oh boy. Um, 
when I did finally take the tiny little nuggets in my life that I could be grateful for, the littlest of things, breath in my lungs, kids that were healthy, whatever I could just grasp onto that day, um, and just kept focusing on that. And every time my energy started to go back to something going wrong, immediately pivoting, immediately turning back to like the good stuff and saying gratitude for it and really feeling the gratitude for it. Because, I mean, I watched my husband, husband waste away and that's not something I, I would want anybody to experience. Cause when you watch that over a span of time, it is like, oh, it sucks the faith out of you. The faith that it like life is all good and happening for purpose and you know all that stuff starts to drain out of your energy. And so ugh, it was so bad and it was such a bad place to be that no one wants to stay there. And that's why like you know I work with the grieving and and these are the things that we work on all the time is like well why are some people still so stuck there and other people seem to be moving on. And at first glance, some might say, well, they just didn't have the same love as this couple who'd been together for 50 years and, you know, they just loved each other more. It's not that. It's not. It's not a game of, like, the person who grieves the hardest loved the hardest. That is not it. Um, as a matter of fact, I think because of how much we loved each other, a lot was discussed and we got, I mean, not everybody gets that opportunity. So... You know, but we did have the opportunity to talk about a lot of these things. We talked about what my life would look like after he passed. We talked about our wishes for each other. We talked about like if roles were reversed, what the other person would want. Um, we talked about what our what my life was gonna look like when I was by myself, and would I be able to manage things, and who would I turn to for different problems that could come up, and how would I raise our kids, and how would I keep his memory alive for them. And would I ever date again? Um, all those things got to be discussed and like, you know, not easy. I'll tell you that. Like those conversations were super hard. But um, it was as if because I had that a little bit of, hmm, I don't know. It's not like there's no closure. There's no like, um, you know, closed book on this. But, you know, because I had that awareness of his feelings and all that, I know that him and I aligned on every single aspect. And so when I act, I know I'm acting the way he would act if he was in my shoes always because our decisions were the same. Our conclusions were the same. We always came to the same place on like, yeah, I don't know about this, but that would be, you know, so I already know we already had the talks. I know how he feels about it. I know he doesn't want me on the anniversary of the day he passed, sitting at his graveside, feeling sad and, you know, crying with my kids like that. No way. And think about it, guys. Would you want that if you passed away for your late, you know, wife or husband to be sitting there by the graveside, miserable, you know, and bringing your kids around that? Or do you want them to go live this full, full life? that you're getting deprived of because we knew what we wanted and we knew what was getting taken away. And so when it started to spiral for me, when I first lost him, I had to like step out of it and go, this is not life. This is not living. I didn't outlive him at this point. I'm just existing. Like at this point, he lived a fuller life than me because even though he's not here anymore, like I am not either. 
I clearly like died off with him. I clearly dragged my kids into the dirt with it. Like, that's not okay. I gotta get out of this. Like, it was like a dark, dark hole that I knew I needed out of. Um, and so is there a magic sauce? Uh, no, but, um, tons of strategies that definitely help. Um, and also there's this other thing that, that goes on within me almost constantly where I feel like there's always these forks in the road, right? And I'm always looking at like, if I go this way, here's the world of possibility at my hand, at my fingertips, you know? And if I choose to go this way, um, what am I depriving the world of? What am I depriving myself of? What am I depriving my kids of? So I'm constantly looking at the, the two ways in which I could go and always choosing the light. Now, this is the thing that's happened in my life recently. And so I wanted to share it here on today's episode because it is something that, um, any of us could fall victim to, and this isn't just around grief and loss and stuff, but um, I will say after losing my husband, I was so void of emotion and feeling and anything that felt good that when I get glimpses of things that feel good now, I run, not walk, run towards them with like this reckless abandon. Like, I just don't even think about consequences or whatever. Like, this feels good. Let's do this. Like, I used to be the mom who had to have my kids in bed at the exact time every night so that there's structure and whatever. Now it's like, wait, yeah, we could go down to, like, southern Maine and do whatever. And, like, that's hours away. Let's do it, though. It feels good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. Like, it's just whatever. If you don't know how much longer you have and this could potentially be it what a sad sad life most of us will have lived that's the real reality and i know people say that stuff all the time that sounds like garbage this is legitimate life stuff guys i'm telling you out of experience that you do not know how long you have my husband was the picture of health he was happy he was like you know, he didn't have to even try to be healthy. He just naturally wanted to drink good, clean spring water and like all day long. And I mean, he didn't have many bad habits at all. And he was so fit. Like every single thing that you would say, like, this guy's going to live forever. And what the heck? Like a few headaches later and we were like signing him up for hospice. It's bananas how fast everything you think you know can change. And then it's too late. You can't go running out like we thought, you know, we had like a, a year and a half when he fought. Do you think we were bungee jumping? Do you think we were taking trips to like, you know, the Turks and Caicos? No, we were terrified that he was fighting for his life. We were trying to change his diet, add supplements, see every doctor, turn over every rock. At that point, it's too late. So if you think, well, you know, yeah, if I get that cancer thing, I'll then I'll go out and do it or... But, you know, I think I've got 30 more years to be at this job. No, stop it. Like, there's got to be, if you're feeling like a robot and doing the same job every day and hate it, stop doing it. Find a job you love. Find, some, find something you're passionate about. Jeez, dog. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, no. Okay. Okay, baby. It's okay. It's okay. So I had to uh, think long and hard about whether I was just going to edit that out. And I decided not to because that's real life right there. So it goes in keeping with what I'm talking about today. Um, here I am recording my podcast and all of a sudden 
I hear my dog kind of floundering on the side and making all kinds of crazy noise. And after I responded with the gosh dog or whatever, and I turn around and look at him, he did a full barrel roll. And that's what made me sort of chuckle. And then I realized he wasn't just trying to itch his back. He was in a full-blown seizure. Now, my response... um, (laughs) So now, this is the thing. What does our gut reaction do in moments like that? Like, we go into a little bit of panic. And if our fear overrides um, and we allow it to take control, my dog would have sensed that fear and that seizure would have been much longer than it was. I know this um, because we've been through it. And now I'm at the place where as soon as I realize um, what's happening, I go over to him and I just hold him. Like not hold him down. You're not supposed to hold anybody when they're seizing. But I just like get my body really close to his and pet him and tell him it's going to be okay and stay in a calm voice and a good energy. And, um, And he comes out of it relatively quickly now. But it's awful, guys. And here's the deal. I'm talking about our energy and how it affects those around us. I mean, the whole reason he's in the room is he loves my energy when I do these. So for those of you who maybe didn't catch season one, I often refer to Stitch, my French bulldog, as my co-host because he is almost always there. You can hear him snorting snorting and snoring, um, itching, thumping, ticking, like all kinds of sounds in the background as every French bulldog does. But um, he likes to be close when I do these. And I've tried to block him out of the room. I've tried all these things. And he'll make a lot of noise to get in and be close to me. And this is a true reflection of just how even animals can sense our energy and where we're at. And they want to be nearby when it's good energy. And when it's not, like if I'm ever angry with my kids, he is gone. He doesn't want to be anywhere around that. And it's really interesting how much of a sort of gauge he is. He's got this internal barometer for it, I guess. I don't know. But, um, man, so that's emotional. But I wanted to make sure that I didn't just delete that, that you guys can understand (laughs) and actually witness firsthand in my own life how I've learned to use my energy to get different outcomes. So I'm going to take just a quick break Um, after that. I think we could probably all use one and um, come back fresh for the second half. So guys, don't go anywhere. Thanks again for joining today. So many of you may know that I have a Facebook group that is free to the public but private um, called Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate for anybody who might be needing a a little extra coaching around the loss of a loved one, Um, major loss that's just sort of soul crushing. And that group is fantastic. We're helping each other all the time. And it's a constantly growing and evolving group that I just love and can't say enough about. Well, I also have a clients only Facebook group called Loss Just Sucks, Grief Doesn't Have To. And inside that group, It's a little more in-depth as far as how am I doing it? What are my methods? How am I getting through all of these things around grief? Anything you can think of, um, members are encouraged to post their questions in there. And then I'll either do a live coaching session, which I do weekly, or a post, which I also do weekly to address any and all concerns that come up. So besides the support of other people who are also going through these tough losses, um, you get one-on-one support with me inside of there. And so 
I am offering that at the price of $33 a month currently. And so I just wanted to let anybody who was interested know they can grab the link in today's podcast description. Um, The group is filling up fast, so I just wanted to let people know while there was still available spaces to join. So back to the show, guys. So why am I bringing up all this energy stuff today? And, you know, (laughs) my dog is literally on my lap right now. So sweet. Um, why am I bringing up all this energy stuff today and why is that relevant to manifesting the life that you desire? Well, everything's energy, guys. And if you've not listened to Joe Dispenza, you need to. I'm just going to say that. I. It's funny. I was teaching that to my clients when I was a physical therapist, all of the same stuff he's teaching um, for decades and didn't even know that uh, about Joe Dispenza at that time. And since finding him and realizing all of the amazing work he's done in the field, He's one of my favorites, but um, if you don't know, everything is made up of energy and it's really vital that we don't just think that it is something that's beyond our control, you know? Energy, emotion, that's the stuff we can control. And so if we can find our way to use it to our advantage instead of allowing it to pull us down, we can have a life we desire. You know, and and a lot of people think they're just victim to whatever comes up, but I don't think that's true. I think that our thoughts and our beliefs and what we come to expect and all of those things have relevance over how we feel emotionally. And then how we feel emotionally then brings things into our world. This law of attraction is a scientific law, not a woo-woo law. Um, you know, and it's very, very real. And so what you are making your magnet put off, whatever it is that your receiver or like, you know, your radio signal is, whatever it is that you are putting out is drawing something towards you. You just want to be real clean about what it is that you want coming at you, (laughs) you know? And so I know for me in this journey of life, like I have really had to define that because I think my biggest hurdle was not so much not knowing the how to do it. It was more that I didn't have a clear picture of what I wanted. I mean, major loss might do that to you, but I just think in general, from the time I was a kid, I never had the perfect clear picture. But the few things that I did have a perfect clear picture on came to pass for me. I had the exact picture of what I wanted my husband to look like. And guess what? He was exactly, and I don't mean look like physically, I mean like, the type of person to be. And I mean, yeah, even the looks like I had a visual image of him in my mind. Um, and then my career path and all that, I had it so well defined in my brain and it all came to pass. Even this podcast was a dream of mine that I saw so clearly, but all the other stuff that I'm a little more vague on, like when I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, I want to be successful. (laughs) Like say that, like that's ridiculous, right? Really, it is ridiculous to want success because what the heck is it? Until you get clear and defined on what success looks like to you, you're never going to achieve it. It's like saying, um, okay, you get a genie and you can say whatever you want to it and you will have it, right? You get your three wishes or whatever. And you get up there and you're like, some happiness and success and like... um, you know, fun and, uh, and this genie is going to be like, what the, (laughs) and guess what he might give you stuff that he thinks is fun stuff that looks like that could make you happy 
stuff that, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be vague, expect a vague life. Expect random things that aren't necessarily exactly aligned with what you're really passionate about. Because when you're so clear on exactly what you want, then you're putting out your, you know, your magnet. You're putting out the magnet for the exact thing to draw to you. But if you kind of, you know, I want a loving relationship. Well, what does that look like? (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to be crazy here, but it's so true. Because for me, what love language looks like and what love is, is so different than anybody else. And I mean, I've encountered this just as of recent, like where I just realized what I think is common sense, what I think is not common sense, but you know what I mean? Like common beliefs and desires. It's not, you know, no two people probably expect the same love or the same way to be treated and like I believe pumping somebody up and allowing them to know how wonderful they are that's giving love somebody else might be like I don't need that I already feel pretty full of knowing how great I am I don't need somebody to tell me that I need somebody to you know let me know how much that they um, desire me maybe they need to feel desired maybe that's their love language maybe like they need somebody who's like always telling them how beautiful they are or maybe like there's another person who their their whole language is about like doing experiences together like I don't care how much you like buy for me with gifts or praise me with your words like I want to go travel if we're doing things together I know you want me to be a part of your life that's what speaks to me in the way of love so I'm just bringing up relationships as a great example, but like this is true of anything. You know, don't just say you want the perfect job. What is it? What would your perfect job look like? Like if we can get a lot more clear on our end goal in life and what we want out of this life experience, you're going to be amazed at how many more things can fall in your lap. But when you're vague about it, it's like, well, I mean... What the heck is, can you imagine, poor higher power, God, universe, whatever you believe, like just, but imagine if you're the one with the ability to give your child everything they ever wanted, but you're like, what do you want for your birthday this year? And they're like, uh, I don't know, fun stuff, things I can play with awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I know I've had that experience at Christmas and birthdays before. It is not fun when I'm like, I'm asking for something specific here. I really don't know where to start. And my kids are just like, I don't know. It's something cool. (laughs) Great. Oh man. Two people do not see the world through the same lens is the real takeaway here. You have to understand that even with the best of intent and even with God being all knowing and wise and he still doesn't necessarily know how to provide specifics for you if you're not specific in your mind with what that is. So sometimes it's just a matter of sit down, pen to paper. What is it? What's your perfect life look like? You know, what are you driving? Where are you going? Who are you sitting with in the car? What's your experience like? You know, how often is it like that? And how often do you have time for your other stuff? Like, what would your perfect scenario look like? And if you don't know... Don't expect a life partner to know. Don't expect your kids to know. And certainly don't expect God to know because you don't have a clue. You are just like putting out there that you want improvement, that you want better, that you want love. Like what is that to you? What does that look like? That's the self-knowledge. That's the self-awareness. That's when people say like you got to be whole. Um, You got to do work on yourself. You've got to, you know, really like 
get the self-love. That's what it is. It's knowing yourself. Like really figure yourself out, your life desires and goals, where you want to go. What does it look like when it's perfect? Sitting down and figuring all that out is literally doing exercises in self-growth and becoming a more whole person who is okay in their own skin and then can be available to others. Only then can we ever be available to others. I have been saying this statement all week. I don't know why it's just stuck with me, but it just, the visual of it I like, but it's that two broken halves don't make a whole. You cannot have two broken people and try to come together and say, oh, you complete me. It does not work that way. I mean, I do think I had a beautiful marriage. I do not have a lot of complaints in that area. But what I will say, I was a baby. I was 19 years old when I got engaged. So I don't think I was fully whole yet. I don't think I really knew myself yet. You know, when people go off to college and are finding themselves and I like cheesy air quotes around that because it's like, what? (laughs) But this is what it is. It's like you're figuring yourself out. You don't even know who you are. And I jumped boom into a marriage. And when you do that, sure, we figured out together who we were but we were still halves. We weren't complete yet. So yeah, we completed each other. And that's almost toxic because guess what happened? I lost the love of my life. And so when I lost him, did I lose half of myself? I felt like I did, but that's only because I never got established as a full whole human all by myself, you know? So I had a lot more growth to do. I had a lot more learning to do about myself. Um, You know, I really did not feel fully whole and it left me feeling like the rug was swept out from under me when I lost him. And so, you know, it's been almost three years now. And so I have had to learn over those years, who am I? I now know. I now know what I deserve. I now know what makes me happy and lights me up. I now know what I have no tolerance or acceptance for in my life. I know my value, I know my priorities, I know my passions, Um, you know, I mean, we're always growing, don't get me wrong, don't ever expect yourself to be fully, like, self-aware and complete and all of that, because life is the process of figuring that out. You'll probably be in your 80s and still figuring it out, and in your 90s and still, you know, to your deathbed, I believe you'll still be learning things about yourself, because that's how it is, and it should be. But you have to have some self-awareness and really know what pleases you and what would make your life feel full at the end. When you look back, what would you be able to say, yeah, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I didn't miss that opportunity. I'm so glad that I didn't push that person away and I let them in to love me. I'm so grateful that I took the risk on whatever, you know, I mean, take some chances. Be okay with the like not knowing. Be okay with the leaping from time to time without knowing if the safety net's going to catch, you know? I mean, that's what I did with this whole career. I always knew I wanted to podcast, blog, do all these things, but I had my physical therapy degree, not just a degree. I got my doctorate. You know how many years I spent? I mean, after you spent like eight years developing a whole career, then you take time off for kids. The idea of not going back to what you've already invested so much time, money, and energy into is tough. Like I, I constantly beat myself up over, should I be using these skills that I have? But guess what? They built me into who I am. It's part of me. I've used those skills every day. 
And in this new career I have, I'm still using my knowledge that I gained from back then. It's still part of who I am. You never have to feel like you're letting go or turning your back on, you know, things you've put effort and time into. And I think sometimes people do that with marriages and relationships. I've got friends that are in terrible relationships, but they continue to not want to walk away from it because they feel like, look at all the years invested into it. I have everything tied up. I'm going to have to start from scratch. I don't even know where to begin. And it's like, feels so overwhelming. They're not even happy, but they're trying to just stick it out because look at all the time, energy, and money invested again, right? It's the same thing. It's like they're just willing to try to keep working on it, I guess, which I, by the way, commend when people are willing to try to work it out and figure it out. Um, I also am all for empowering people who are in bad situations to get themselves out into, you know, a healthy, safe, um, loving experience again. Hopefully you can find it with the person that you, you know, went all in on, but when it's not and it's toxic or it's bad or it's not, you know, it's beating you down and not building you up and you've tried and to do the work, that's all I'm saying is like, don't just keep saying, well, I've already put in so much. I can't walk away now. Um, I think anything in life, there's always a new opportunity, the fresh start. Um, and I'm here telling you, like, I didn't get to choose, but God dropped it on my lap and I'm having to figure it out. But it is like one of a beautiful chapter of my life. And I mean, and who would choose this, right? Nobody would choose this. But I do think that sometimes your hand, yeah, sometimes it gets forced a little if you're unwilling to take a step you needed to take to, to do things that needed to be done, your life's purpose, you know? And maybe that's what some of us are going through this grieving process for or losing somebody we didn't want to lose too too early maybe they just they did they figured it out they checked the boxes maybe they didn't maybe you think or at least that our human brains what we can wrap around it's easy to look at someone who dies like five-year-old kid dies and like that doesn't make any sense that's just senseless they didn't even have an opportunity to have influence over someone else I guarantee that's not true (laughs) I mean I had miscarriages happen when we were trying to conceive my second well both for both my kids actually but um where I I know that little soul impacted me like even they never even came into this earth like they they were just a little cell in my stomach even you know but yet still they impacted me in such a way they had a purpose they served it and we don't have to like it but I mean I still like to believe that There's no accidents. I just, I know that doesn't resonate for everybody. And a lot of people hate that saying. I know it because in this grief community of mine, it's like, it's this point that like people are on board with or they're not. Um, And I know why it rubs people the wrong way when you don't want to believe. I mean, for me, this was my constant repeated phrase was after I lost my husband, I knew that this world was not a better place without him in it. You know, I knew it would only be a better place with him in it. So it didn't make sense. It was senseless, period. Don't tell me anything else. And that was how firm I was in it. But yeah, I can't argue with the fact, guys. And and I say this truthfully, like this one was a hard one for me because I was stuck on that point. But I can see it now. I get messages in my inbox on the daily. I would not be alive today if it wasn't for your group. That community has gotten me through my darkest times. I would not be here. And how many times, oh, I just got the chills. How many people do I have to hear say that for me to go, okay, my husband's one life. It wasn't worth these other 12. 
Do you know what I mean? I, to me, it was, of course it was. Um, but in the bigger scheme, guys, like you just don't know that pebble you toss, how many ripples, just remember that. So I'm going to leave today's episode on that note because it's powerful to really picture just how much every little thing affects everyone around you. We're all energy. We all have a purpose. We all have the ability to toss many stones in our life and every single stone carries so many ripples. Don't underestimate your value. Don't underestimate your purpose here on this earth and don't squander the opportunity to do things. I mean, do them. Because like I said, I run towards what feels good and and I'm not sorry for that. That way of living is a gift that I was given through the loss of my husband that now if I see something I want, I'm going for it. And the only thing that's going to stop me <laughs> really is, um, you know, if I if it doesn't align with what somebody else wants or whatever. But beyond that, like, good luck stopping me as <laughs> I'm coming for you. No. All right, guys. Thank you again for season one. Amazing. Season two, look out because this one's going to be better than the first. Now I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I've got all of you supporting me. So thank you. Subscribe, follow, make sure you don't miss the second season. Make sure you're always downloading these episodes so you can listen on your own time and your own convenience. Um, And I'll see you next week. All right, guys. Thanks again. 